football fans, it's now time for the D3Football.com Around the Nation podcast. Here are your hosts, Pat Coleman and Keith McMillan. Folks, we're going to try something new on the D3Football.com Around the Nation podcast this season. We're going to try to do two podcasts a week. And with the goal of making it so that we don't have one super long podcast that drops on you on Monday morning, we're going to try to have a relatively normal sized podcast that drops on you on Monday. And then what we're calling a, a weekend podcast or a preview podcast or a Friday podcast. Basically, the goal being to look ahead to what's coming up and uh, spend our Monday talking about what just happened and then use the rest of this to uh, look ahead. Uh, Keith and I are here in person for the second time in like four podcasts, which won't happen again for quite some time. Um, Keith, I think you and I both know what the major uh, roadblock is going to be to us doing two podcasts a week. The logistics? <laughs> Just trying to get us together uh, each time. But, but I think the, the concept is, is wise in that um, it will help us focus on looking back on the Saturday before, or in this case, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before, and then uh, and then we'll spend a little more time spending forward the next week, getting our thoughts together, maybe uh, putting together an interview uh, midweek so that we can, uh, we can put that on you on Thursday or Friday or whenever it is we're able to, to, <laughs> to get it together, but um, something to get you, you hyped up for the weekend. Yeah, I think you and I have to figure out how we're going to schedule it. My goal will always be to drop it on Friday, knock on wood. Of course, we're still going to do quick hits, uh, so that'll be interesting to figure out how we time that as well. But uh, we have always kind of given the week ahead short shrift in our Monday podcast, because by the time we get through you know, our categories and talking about everything that happened in you know a week where we have typically 100 to 115 games... There's not a lot of time left to talk about what's coming up, and that's what we really want to focus on. So that's the idea. Right now, though, we don't have a week to look back at. Uh, the season's getting ready to kick off on Thursday, so we'll, uh, we'll look ahead. We will. We've got 111 games uh, coming up this weekend here in week one of 2018. Also, Keith, this is podcast number 199. I had thought about... Uh, if we had, if I had been here a little longer in the DC area this weekend, then maybe you and I would head out to that bus stop back outside of uh, outside of USA Today headquarters, where we recorded podcast number one and record a, a really brief intro for podcast number two hundred coming up next week. But uh, that's uh, something that's going to be left in the dustbin, not going to work out for this one. You know, they can't see us, right? Like we could have just went outside, had a car drive by, and then told them it was the bus stop. Uh, we probably could have done that. Yes. Um, I, I suppose that if you uh, listen to Podcast 200 and we try to pull a fast one on you, then uh, you'll know that that's uh, not what ha is happening. Uh, so, again, like uh, Keith said, we don't have a, a previous week to talk about. Uh, we have a week that's coming up, uh, and uh, you know, typically we'll, we'll do, uh, like Keith said, we'll try to do an interview in this space as well. I'm going to talk about instead, uh, for now, where I'm going, because I'm going to be in a bunch of places between now and the next time we record a podcast. So... Uh, one of the stops on my trip, as I'm, I'm here in the D.C. area, I think people know I have a kid who goes to one of the non-Division three schools here in the D.C. area, dropped that kid off for college, headed back to Minneapolis through starting in Canton, Ohio, where I'm looking forward to talking with the folks who are hosting the 2020 and 2021 Stag Bowl. That is a little bit further downfield, obviously. Uh, we have a, another uh, another host in between now and then who we haven't had a chance to catch up with. But I'm interested in 
in talking about what uh, you know what's going to happen there. And we'll just drop our Twitter question in right now, which comes from uh, the world famous Rays fan Geo, which is at Rays fan Gio. Do you like the change of Stagball location? Keith and I, uh, obviously, you and I have talked about this a lot over the course of the podcast in the last year plus. I'm beginning to feel like now as the reality of another site approaches uh, and another site approaching for men's basketball, which we cover, and another site approaching for baseball, which we cover, I'm a little more, I, I was always open-minded to it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I think, maybe more than I thought I would have by this point. I think it's a little far afield to be thinking about the championship as we approach week one, but uh, and it's also a little tough to, to tell how Shenandoah, Texas, is going to handle the uh, the championship game. But we'll uh, you know we'll get down there and and see this December. It's certainly different for us, uh, especially for those of us who are Virginia based. Yeah. To, to um, now be having to get on a plane in uh, in December, but I think I think it'll be interesting for the teams. Because one of the the things about Salem that appealed is that so much of D3 is is in the Mid-Atlantic and the upper Midwest and the Northeast. So the weather, to some degree, resembled what a December football game would be like in in most of the places D3 plays. Now you're going to Texas in uh, in December and you may get a reprieve from that weather. You may get, I don't know what it's like, 70 degrees, 65 degrees on on December 19th type day. Um, so that should be interesting. And, and of course, you know, football, big deal in Texas. They do everything big. The stars at night are big and bright. Big in the heart of Texas. Stadium will be different. The experience will be different. And I think that's the main thing. Can, can these new sites in Shenandoah and then in a couple years, can, can they live up to what Salem did for the players off the field, right? The the experience where they they come in, they get treated like royalty, and and that's the feeling you want to have. You want it you want it to feel like not just another game, but it's a championship game. It's a six day turnaround. It's on ESPN, uh, that, and that all that stuff is, is a big deal, and and makes the championship sort of um, obviously it's it's going to be a big deal whether nobody was watching, but it, it's certainly nice to have all those things uh, supported. It'll be nice, too, I think, just to get out of the silly season. It's a long off season in Division Three football. You figure we've got 16 weeks where we play and, uh, you know, four or so weeks leading up to it. That leads 30-plus weeks of off season. It's been kind of a crazy off season too, and, you know, we've been spending way too much time looking at, uh, you know, uh, court dockets and uh, reading what... Uh, players flaming out on Twitter have to say that sort of thing. I'll be really glad on Thursday evening when these games kick off. And it's also a really good slate of games right off the bat. Um, the Thursday games include we have four top 25 teams in action on Thursday night. Then you have a, on Friday night you have a matchup of 17th ranked Delaware Valley at number nine Wesley. Both of those teams went through some major changes in the offseason, uh, Delaware Valley, with uh, very few starters back yeah. and, uh, and lost some All-American players. And then Wesley, of course, uh, the death of Mike Drass over the summer. And if you haven't been with us, we talked uh, with, with Chip Knapp in one of the summer podcasts. We talked, um, we went to the, the, the first meeting, the first regrouping of, of the Wesley team uh, for kickoff, which is our uh, off-season preview edition 
that we put online on August 9th this year. So it's been kind of a while since we uh, since we put that out. And if, if you haven't had a chance to uh, to dig in and, and you're, you're fiending for games this week, that's one way to, to, to get your fix. Um, but for us, because it's been three weeks since we've done it, some of those <laughs> things that we spent so much time on are a little less fresh in the mind. So uh, so getting some, some games in uh, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which is very rare, um, will, will be interesting and exciting. On Thursday night, I'm going to be at the uh, Manchester Trine game. Friday night, I'm headed up to Holland, Michigan to see Milliken at Hope. And then I'm seeing two games in Chicagoland on Saturday, and they are uh, Beloit versus Concordia Chicago and uh, Anderson versus North Park. But uh, Keith and I have uh, picked out here a half dozen games that we want to highlight to talk about for this week. Uh, then also part of this uh, quote-unquote Friday podcast, uh, we're going to have a random n- number generator spit out a number, and then we're going to go down the schedule, and whichever game that is, we're going to talk about that in whatever depth we're capable of. That will be on the fly. Neither of us will be prepping specifically for either uh, for any of that. So uh, we'll see how that goes. That should be fun. And then um, Keith and I are each going to put each other on the spot with a question of some, again, potentially randomness about the about a game coming up this week. That will be part of uh, what we do in these Friday podcasts, in addition to the interview, which... Uh, yeah, again, unless a Division Three football coach walks outside right now here in suburban Washington, D.C., we're not going to have an interview in this one, but we will in the future. We talked about the Delaware Valley Widener. I did it already. Delaware Valley Wesley game. We'll talk about the Delval Widener game in week 11 when it's appropriate. Um, but Delval versus Wesley. Uh, Keith, you already mentioned that uh, Delval lost a bunch of guys. They've got uh, four starters back uh, or something like that, two on defense and like five on offense, something like that. Um, Wesley, of course, uh, you know, a huge emotional offseason for them, and they meet on Friday night in a you know game that has been really highly charged uh, the previous times that they've played recently, too. Yeah, and, and I think when the top 25 came out, there were probably some people from Delaware Valley, which finished the season ranked 7th last year, uh, didn't like seeing them at 17, so this is that opportunity to, uh, to right off the bat, you know, let the nation know there's there's a whole nother wave of Aggies coming. And if, if it doesn't happen that way, and again, you know, you got Wesley at home, first game without Mike Drass, literally first game without Mike Drass, right, at at uh, Mike Drass Field. And, and Wesley was a little bit of a young team last year that, that came on late in the season, um, young quarterback in, in Khalid Burroughs. Um, so you have some questions you want to see answered about Wesley as well. And I think that's going to be true across the board in a lot of these Thursday and Friday night games is, is you have teams who are well-known, names are well-known, but, uh, but a lot of new players in, in a lot of key positions. You know, Johns Hopkins uh, hosting Randolph-Macon is another one of those. Uh, Platteville, number 16, Platteville at East Texas Baptist, really interesting matchup. And then Westminster, Pennsylvania at Wittenberg, um, game that was a really close game last year. And, and Wartburg, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting that, getting that, uh, <laughs> a field here. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about each of those games individually, though. Uh, Whitewater at Dubuque is an interesting game. That's another one that's on our list. Uh, the Warhawks come in ranked number twelve. Uh, again, I think in a position we've talked about this before, Keith, where um, we are wondering what Whitewater's status is. They are no longer, you know, in the top echelon Purple Power uh, status. And now I think this is kind of a make-or-break season as to whether they 
finish uh, finish the season in the national conversation or not. Yeah, and, and the good thing for them is they have ten starters back on on defense, uh, quarterback back, so they're they're in good shape. You'd think there, but they were in similar good shape last season, although it was on the offensive side where they had the the ten starters back and got off to a, a rough start with the with the losses to Illinois Wesleyan and Concordia Moorhead. You could look at those either way, right? You can say, well, those were close games. Could have gone either way. There were you know turnovers on a goal line, goal line stand, those type of things. One yard would have made a huge difference in their season. They finished seven and three. They uh, beat everybody in the WIAC except Oshkosh. Um, so they were certainly a, a right there with some other top level teams. Illinois Wesleyan made the playoffs. Concordia Moorhead was in the playoff mix. So they certainly were still a, a very good team and a team worthy of being in the national conversation. But they didn't live up to and haven't the past few seasons what the Whitewater legacy had been from 2005 to right. 14, 15, and, uh, and there's a lot of pressure now. Well, just 2005 specifically, right? They're facing Stan Zwiefel, who's the head coach of the University of Dubuque, who was there when the legacy started and then left has become, went to be a, didn't get the Whitewater job. Of course, we talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast over the course of the last uh, 11 years. Um, pretty much, I would. <laughs> the, the entire length of the podcast has been the time where Stan Zwiefel did not get the head coaching job at Whitewater. Um, and it's uh, if you go and read through uh, kickoff, there's a really interesting feature where it is just basically kind of Zwiefel riffing about all sorts of things, including not getting that job. And here, here they have an opportunity here in Week One. Yeah, it obviously would have been a much more interesting game uh, when he first got to Dubuque. But he's also turned Dubuque into the, in the type of team that's made some playoff appearances yeah. over the years, had players in the Gallardi Trophy mix, player drafted into the NFL, or no, not drafted, but in legitimate chance to make an NFL roster. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he's, he's landed on his feet. Whitewater obviously did fine with Lance Leipold and, and now uh, with, with Kevin Bullis. That's a game that, that we're going to be taking a look at on Saturday, Saturday night game as yeah. well. So uh, a lot of the day's slate will be over. And, and for those of you who are doing whatever you do on Saturdays and then you have some time to come home and, uh, and check that one out, um, it, it'll be a great one to listen to, if not watch. Uh, Platteville at East Texas Baptist. This is a game that's on Thursday night. Uh, Platteville comes in ranked number 16, uh, often the case over the course of the last few years, Keith, uh, Platteville losing some key players on offense, but they've gotten to the point where I think you uh, can readily believe that Platteville will reload on offense. Yeah, and, and offense really is their, their calling card, although they've been fine defensively the past uh, few seasons as they've contended for the WAC title. They're known for, for that, that passing game. Mm-hmm. I think I've made this joke before, but Mike Emmendorfer right, like, literally book. literally wrote the book on this. Right, you can go online and and he's got you know he teaches classes on on uh, the offense or, or whatever the case may be. I think what's interesting is Platteville. And all the WIAC teams are the few one of the few conferences left at just eight teams that has to schedule three teams. Teams across D three aren't going out of their way to to add WIAC teams to their. Um, to their schedule. It's the, the strongest conference in the country and has been in our estimation for the past 10 years or so. Um, but a lot of teams from the American Southwest are in that same boat where you need games. You might as well get D3 games, especially if you, you're hoping to be in the playoff mix. And then the big thing about East Texas Baptist has been over the past few years, 
churning through those head coaches. At one point, had the youngest coach in in all the NCAA, and now on their their fourth head coach in in four seasons. Yeah, so uh, Brian Maper uh, gets this uh, gets this call to make this uh, to coach this game, and who knows? This could have been. Uh, Scheduled by Scotty Walden in 2016 or Scott Highsmith last year. Um, Josh Ergel was the head coach from 2013 to 2015. Um, it is it has definitely been quite a bit of turnover. And uh, but I like to see this game. It's a uh, it's great to have two teams from across regions meet early in the season. Uh, it's great to have it on a Thursday night. It's great to have it on opening weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game, kind of just from many multiple standpoints. Well, yeah, and, and this is another a game where if you go to the scoreboard page on d3football.com, we'll always we'll have the week's schedule, you know, the rankings will be there, but then off to the right, on the right-hand side of the game time, links to video, live stats, audio. This one, live video, so you can project it to your TV, watch it on your computer, watch it on your phone, whatever. Um, that's one that, uh, that yeah, you, even if you don't have a huge interest in and uh, either of the two teams, that's just an interesting game. East Texas Baptist, even though they've churned through the coaches, they've been sort of like a seven-win kind of yeah. team for most of that right. time. And, uh, and Platteville hovers around eight wins, uh, made the playoffs one season and played that epic game where they, uh, they, they lost to St. John's on the goal line oh at gosh, the very, yeah. very last play. Oh, yeah. uh, and who knows how good that team has been, but they've been right in the mix with Oshkosh and Whitewater the past couple seasons. So this is probably... As good a matchup as we have on week one, right up there with the DelVal Wesley game. Another great Thursday night game to keep an eye on, we think, is uh, Frostburg State at Stevenson. Frostburg State comes in ranked number eight. You know, last year, Keith, in all honesty, we also thought this would be a good game. It really turned out that it exactly was not a good game. Uh, it really kind of foretold the kind of season maybe that Frostburg State was going to have. They won that game 33-7. to um, you know, I feel I, I think we feel that Stevenson is in position to make a better showing this year. Although I'm scrolling through, we ranked them 58 in the preseason. Um, so you know, that's a, a, a still I think a game that's interesting, if only because uh, it happens on Thursday night, so it's in prime time. People can see it. It uh, gives Frostburg, I guess, if nothing else, another chance to make a similar statement just the way they opened the season in 17. Well, and Stevenson was also like the textbook new program built up over the course of uh four years into a playoff team a, a yearly contender in the mac and last year was their their first step back and that happens sometimes when a program gets such a, a couple of great first few classes yeah. um turns itself into a contender and then you have to figure out how to sustain it and uh you're deal you're going against programs who've been trying to sustain it for however many years mm-hmm. they, they've been in action so um, that that's a that's a big deal and a big game um, in week one, and for for Frostburg, it's sort of a shame from from a national standpoint. Is right as the time they've developed into a national contender, they're now headed out to D two. And, and if you um, again miss the uh, miss everything that happened in the off season, <laughs> once you finish this podcast, if you uh, if you just let let your podcast player play right into the next one, we talk a little bit about some of the conference changes. That happened over the course of the season, and then the, the moves, the pending moves from Frostburg State and Thomas Morris, who playoff caliber yearly now, playoff caliber teams who are who are, will no longer be with us going forward. Uh, and I'm going to take a quick detour from uh, what we were talking about and just kind of page through the notebook and remind people who we did talk to over the course of the offseason. Um, I really thought this page was closer to where I was. I mean, good job having an all-in-one notebook, though. <laughs> right, exactly. Um there's a page here somewhere. 
this makes really compelling pod. Here we go. Uh, we talked with uh, uh, we talked with uh, Brockport. We talked with Barry, Ithaca, Baldwin, Wallace, Northwestern, Allegheny, WNL, Lake Forest, Occidental, Franklin, and Marshall. Uh, we talked with uh, Chip Knapp at Wesley, like you mentioned. We talked with Catholic, Illinois Wesleyan, Westminster of PA, Southwestern, uh, UW River Falls, um, and uh, that's the, those are just the current head Division three head coaches that that we've talked to. We also talked with a player at Worcester who uh, was at the uh, award show at uh, the uh, D1 championship game. We talked with uh, Jim Barnes, the former Augustana head coach who uh, had uh, who, who does off-season stuff and tours with Division three programs as well. Yeah, I think the cool thing, again, if, if you miss the off-season and uh, you're just diving back into football, welcome back, and uh, you want to catch up on some of that stuff, the, you know, we, we tried to take those off-season interviews, hit teams from the east, north, south, west, but also hit teams, high-quality programs that are just building, programs getting underway, yeah. uh, playoff-caliber programs, programs dealing, taking those uh, off-season tours, as you mentioned, where they get to travel overseas, um, program in year five. Right. You know, that, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot there for you in the off season, And obviously, if you, if you weren't following along as it went, you may not get to listen to all of it, but you can uh, jump around and catch the schools that you're interested in. Jump around. Jump up, jump up and get down. Jump. Those are always there. And, and sometimes we forget that because we're, we're so busy trying to stay current and come up with the next podcast, you forget that not every listener is listening to it as soon as it comes out. But that stuff is, is always there for you to go back and check out. A couple more games to talk about. Uh, that are of keynote here in week one. Uh, Hobart faces Brockport State, uh, faces Brockport last year. This was the Brockport coming out party. Um, and, you know, all, all Brockport did was continue to win basically all the way through to the national semifinals. And uh, this year now, uh, Brockport is the favored. They're, uh, Hobart's coming off a year where they lost three games and the shoes are on the other feet. Yeah, uh, Hobart for a long time had been not not just a power team in in the Liberty League, but also a team you you're gonna chance to win a playoff game or a few playoff games and uh, and go a couple weeks deep into the postseason. So now, yeah, they're they're the team looking to knock off the big dog Brockport, ranked number six. Brockport at home uh, playing that game on Saturday afternoon with the All American quarterback, first team All American in Joe. Germanario, we're gonna say his name right all year. That's what happens when you have a breakout <laughs> season, right? We'll say your name right uh, on the podcast. Um, and I think that what you mentioned, Pat, is instructive about watching these Week One games. You take a look yeah. at this whole slate. You, you mentioned Frostburg. You mentioned Brockport. Sometimes what you see in Week One, we have all these expectations that have built up over time, and especially last season. And, and there are breakouts that happen, and they start right from week one. So as you're watching your team and your conference on Saturday, take a look across the country, and you'll see some of these surprising results that, that you see in week one or uh, the teams that play next week, their first game. Um, those will be instructive and, and, and sort of show us what kind of season this is going to be. The last of these key week one games that we want to talk about is uh, Westminster at number 14, Wittenberg. This is Westminster, Pennsylvania. We talked with uh, Scott Benzel in our uh, May podcast, um, so you can go back and uh, listen to that, too, if you uh, get, want to get a little more information on the Westminster program. But, you know, basically, 
this is a spot where, uh, like you said earlier in, in this podcast, Keith, it was, it was a tight game last year. It was a low-scoring game last year. Uh, Wittenberg, you know, basically got its doors blown off by Frostburg State in the first round of the playoffs, and this is their first time back on the field since then, so there's a little bit of that going here. Also, you know, these are two teams that I think are pretty evenly matched, even though Westminster is probably uh, maybe last year the third-best team in the pack. Um, that might actually still be the case, even though Thomas Moore's not in the pack anymore. They're probably still second or third best. Right there in the mix with W&J and with uh, Case Western Reserve, I think, for a uh, conference title there. And Wittenberg in the top three mix in the North Coast as well. Yeah, I wrote about this a little bit in the in the Beyond the Top 25 piece in, in kickoff, where you know D3 is so well-known for its repetitive dominance at the top, not just the the purple powers, but also there are lots of conferences where no matter how interesting the race is over the course of the year, same team seems to come out on top. You know, Centennial Conference is a good example of that, right? No matter how many Muhlenbergs and her sinuses and whoever is, is in the mix, always seems to be uh, Johns Hopkins. Um, this is a case where the, this Westminster-Wittenberg game, these are like two teams where you don't, you're not sure what kind of season they're going to have, right? They could be the six and four team. They could be a ten and zero team, and and you want to keep an eye on games like this. I, I think there's so much churn below that that top tier in D three. This is where the 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 national excitement comes from. Is games like this in, in week one? So you'll you know you take a look at Westminster, Wittenberg, and uh, some of the other ones we mentioned. We didn't even mention like Monmouth, Wheaton, mm-hmm. games like that where. We'll see these two teams week one, and then because so many conferences now, so much of D3 is built up into conferences of seven, eight, nine, ten teams, there's not a whole lot of non-conference play after right. this week, next week, definitely by the end of September, very few non-conference games, whereas you go back ten years where there were 14 conferences, 16 conferences, mm-hmm. teams were looking for games later in the season. So uh, this is that week where, where you get that cross-play, and then you may not see Monmouth, you know, Monmouth and Wheaton or Westminster and Wittenberg, they might end up in the postseason, right. and this will be like the only game you have besides their conference to, to sort of judge what kind of strength they are. Yeah, the CCIW is like that this year. They just have one non-conference game. And Monmouth not only has Wheaton, they have uh, Wartburg coming up uh, the week after this, but then it's all conference play for them uh, from there on out as well. Uh, we're going to have to figure out how to tighten up this segment because uh, in the future we're probably, like maybe this will be 45-minute podcast instead of 30-minute podcast. But I think this was a good discussion of the top games. And and look, it's week one. A lot of people are coming back in uh, after not paying super close attention since the Stag Bowl or since yeah. their team season ended in November. So welcome back. Yeah. We'll get you underway. And look, if you got a jog or a workout and you normally have it timed for an hour and you're depending on us to keep you on that hour, now we only got you for like 30 or 45 minutes. But you listen to the two back-to-back and you can get your hour. Yeah, I think the two back-to-back are definitely going to be more than an hour. I think that if we're aiming for 50 to 55 on Monday and then 45 on uh, Friday, but we're adding extra content, we're adding you know more analysis, we'll add an interview, that sort of thing. Um, if you're just coming to Division Three football for the first time, say you're the University of New England playing Coast Guard Academy this weekend, or you're Alvernia playing Gallaudet University this weekend, welcome to Division Three football. If you are, you know, if you're a fan of one of those teams and you're listening to the podcast, great, we welcome you. I had a really interesting conversation with the, the head coach at Alvernia for kickoff because, you know, we ended up kind of scrambling on the Mac, and I ended up uh, on the phone 
for a good hour and, and 15 minutes with Ralph Clark, just trying to run down who all is on his team. Those are always the very interesting conversations and, and very interesting camps, too. You know, you're in a position where teams have 18 or 19 practices and you got to bring in, uh, you got to take 100 and whatever incoming guys and put them into something resembling a depth chart for week one. Yeah, it's hard to know who's good when you barely even know everybody's name right. on your team, right? You know, you, obviously you recruited these guys uh, in some cases, such as in the case of. Um, University of New England started the program a year early and, and didn't play a varsity schedule right away. So you have some familiarity and some leaders in the program. But any coach you talk to, you want those juniors and seniors, yeah. those guys who have, know what the coach expects, uh, lead by example. Other players are drawn to them and to follow that example. And, and then it's less of the coach telling everyone what to do and, and the program begins to run itself and police itself. Well, you don't have that when you have a brand new program. And so uh, in, in uh, Alvernia's case, in University of New England's case, they're just trying to get things together and, and play games this season. And, uh, and to be honest, uh, especially in the case of Alvernia, have some games they can win. Yeah. Um, and so, they, you know, they may be one to watch. And the cool thing is the two teams play each other, uh, the brand new teams, on uh, November 10th. So somebody's going to win a game this year between Alvernia and, and University of New England, if, uh, if not more than one. Can we send you up to Maine for that Week 11 game? You can always send me to Maine. <laughs> I'd like to go like in October, but whatever. The wind coming off the uh, ocean. I, I've, been, uh, I've been on that campus. I've seen that spot where they're going to play. Uh, it's going to be crazy cold on November 10th, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Keith, this is the time where we're going to put you on the spot. Ready? Sure. What you got? What you got? Okay. Who gets their only win of the season this weekend? Yikes. Um, <laughs> Got to give me some choices. Like, can I get like four options, five options? Um, yeah, I was, looking at, I was looking at a specific uh, area of the schedule when I came up with this question. So let me scroll down to a spot where you might see, um, you know, uh, you're going to see about 25% of the schedule maybe. And one of the teams that I'm thinking of is on this page right now. All right, well... This is this is a, this is really putting me on the spot. That is, I, I have this to, is the point. <laughs> I have to tell somebody that you're not gonna you're not gonna win again for the the rest of the season. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, you know that's that's uh, nothing's more depressing than that. Um, which game is on the page that you're that you're trying to you're trying to I get just, me to ID? Because I saw some teams as we went past Finlandia, kind of a tough matchup. Uh, we we went past this one. I see Knox and Eureka. I see Rockford and McMurray. Kalamazoo, maybe, and or, Oberlin. 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 I, think. I'm li- I was definitely thinking about Oberlin. That seems like a possibility. Um, there, that's a program where, like Occidental last year, we have, may have to worry as to whether they field their entire schedule. They only had about 40 players or so. Kalamazoo, normal years, would be on, in this conversation as well, but they have uh, Finlandia in that conference as well. So I, I figure Kalamazoo is uh, uh, in pretty good shape to pick up a win beyond this season. Also, I would look at Defiance, too. I mean... Uh, Defiance is, uh, you know, they have Earlham in that conference and they have Anderson in that conference, but we all know what happened to Defiance. Uh, and for those who don't know what happened to Defiance, Keith is going to tell you. They changed coaches super late in, in the offseason. Uh, hired the coach from Widener, I believe, right? Offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, and Manny Matsakis. But he's got to get there now in July. Yeah. Get, get, not only get camp planned out, get to know everybody, and then get everybody ready for a game. And, of course, you know, of all the teams that could open up 
right away. Could could have used an extra week. Uh, that's that's defiance, and unfortunately, they open up uh, September first. But then again, you, you know, you get some information sooner, and you start to to build that roster. And and in their case, uh, Albion, pretty good. Hope, pretty good. Manchester on the rise. Then uh, you know you see Anderson at the end of the month, and then you got Franklin, Mount St. Joseph, Rose Holman, all in October. So it could be a tough run for them, and uh, you'd like to see them uh, get off on the right foot. Here was my the the kind of aha moment or the uh, the eureka moment, but a eureka moment is a different thing in Division Three. This aha moment for Defiance when Adam Turr told us as he was trying to interview them for kickoff, uh, they had nobody on the current staff. Uh, this year's staff, who saw them play last year. There's nobody on the staff who was on staff last year. They've never seen any of those people. They didn't know uh, you know, who was on the team, and they were really super starting from scratch, almost in a worse position than a year zero team or a year one team, because at least you would have recruited those guys. Here they just had no idea. Yeah, and another one that pops off the page uh, for someone that may win week one, may struggle the rest of the way. Grinnell is at Lawrence. Those are two teams that, that traditionally struggle. So you put me on the spot, and uh, we, may, we may have to tighten this up in the future, <laughs> but, but uh, we figured it out. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Your turn. All right. Week one, more touchdown passes by Joe Germanario or quarters played by the Mountain Union starters? Oh. Huh. All right. So um, this, is, this is good. This is a cool thing because it requires extra math, right? Uh, so Brockport's playing Hobart. If we think that Brockport versus Hobart is a good game, then German Ariel probably stays in the game. I don't know enough about Hobart's defense. That's interesting. Uh, um, Mountain Union's playing Rose Holman. Uh, they're never going to play more than three quarters in the opener. Uh, so the question is, is German Ariel going to throw for more? Can I, I'm thinking it's a push. You can say push. Sure. Why not? I think it is no a rules. push. I can see, uh, Brockport throwing, I can see German Ariel throwing three touchdowns. Um, after I can I can research for a second, right? Can I go back and see what uh, Broadport's running game is like? I mean, back this as year? long as you can stall, <laughs> you can research. That is I, good. I can stall for you if you need. Well, you know, I I vaguely know where the things are in kickoff. Uh, six starters back on offense. Um, they might be scrambling a little bit at offensive line. Maybe he will throw more. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the push. I'm gonna say it's three quarters for each. Uh, three quarters and three touchdowns. Good question, though. Yeah, that's fair enough, and hopefully we'll get more like like both of these questions next week. I I want some choices though next time. Like, get... <laughs> <laughs> I'll maybe not put you on the spot where you have to destroy an entire team's hopes right out the out of the gate. That would also be nice. Uh, the Empire Eight capsules. Uh, I'm sorry. The Empire Eight previews in kickoff are really good. So if you um, if you're a fan and uh, you haven't checked out kickoff yet, they're very detailed. Learn a lot about Brockport. It does seem like. The offensive line is their uh, their major concern, and you get that test right off the bat. I know as as we talk to uh, to Coach Mangone, he um, he took last season they they made it to the quarterfinals, uh, you know, and, and as a coach would, he doesn't think that's the 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 end point for them, right? They want to get now to where they can win a national champion, not just get to a stag bowl, not just get to the quarterfinals, play Mary Harden Baylor, but to win. And, and, and you get a test right away with Hobart. So when you have that first game and, yeah. it's, and it's tough, and this will be the same in the case of uh, Delaware Valley and Wesley or um, you know whatever, Wheaton and Monmouth and, and some of those other, Platteville and, and East Texas Baptist, some of those other great week one games, that's in your mind the whole entire off season. And so anytime you're thinking about cheating, slacking on your workouts, uh, 
anytime practice gets a little sloppy during camp and you have a bunch of practices in a row and it always will get sloppy at some point, coach can go right to that and say, look, you think you think Hobart's slacking off today? You think Wesley is is uh, having a bad practice? And uh, usually snaps you back into focus. And then we have uh, the random game. So we're going to pick up the random number generator. We've got 111 games this weekend and we have, we're going to look at game number 93. This means it's going to be an evening game. It'll be under the lights. So uh, I will uh, we'll, we'll shorten these uh, sequences for uh, publication purposes. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> good. Well, I think we've landed on a, a pretty uh, a pretty good random game to talk about. It is a game we haven't talked about yet, but it could be uh, an interesting one nonetheless. It's Benedictine at Franklin. Uh Benedictine, also another program that is uh, leaving us, right? Yeah. And and Franklin, I think, is a team we overlooked a little bit because they lost in round one, went for it against Warburg, uh, went for two to win the playoff game uh, through a fade, I believe, in the corner of the end zone. It was incomplete. They lost 35-34, but that's a team that could have been a second-round playoff team. They would have been matched up, I believe, against Trine yeah. in round two, so maybe could have could have gotten through uh, round two as well. And I think the, the big deal for them is, is as it always is with a, a Mike Leonard passing offense, who's going to replace uh, the quarterback? And in this case, a uh, All-American Chase Burton is gone, and they had four guys, if you, if you check out uh, kickoff, they had four guys in the mix. And so uh, by now, you know, you, you figure they have a front runner. Uh, here's hoping. Uh, Benedictine had a, a, an offseason coaching change as well. You know, I, I talked, with, uh, talked with that coach as one of the 35 or so that I ended up uh, speaking to this year. We ranked them 137. We ranked Franklin number 69. Uh, Brad McCaslin is a guy who uh, coached under Lance Leipold uh, at Buffalo, I believe, and uh, has this job and uh, will also shepherd these guys into Division II. Uh, they brought a bunch of guys back, but uh, you know McCaslin wasn't there for spring ball, so this will be, you know, Preseason camp has been his first chance to really look at these guys, um, and a lot of a lot of things could really change there. I think this is uh, I, I like the way our rankings shake out on this. I think this is a game that uh, we favor Franklin in, but it'll be really interesting because, yeah, like you said, uh, the quarterback situation will be entirely new, and that is basically where everything hinges for Franklin. Yeah, and it looks like uh, I think Braden Smith is the guy they were looking at to win that job. But again, four four in the mix. Uh, you mentioned the opener under the lights uh, on on the first Saturday of the season, six o'clock on Saturday at Franklin. Um, should be a fun one, and I think um, Franklin is is one of those teams from year to year, as we talked about with that that Westminster Wittenberg game, where you don't know they're going to be maybe seven wins, maybe ten and zero, yeah. and, and that's the type of team you know you want to keep an eye on in week one. If they come out the gate steaming. You know, you say, all right, well, let's keep an eye on Franklin because they, uh, if, if they find their quarterback and that offense is humming there, they're definitely a problem for a lot of teams in the Midwest. Keith, I think we're about ready to wrap this one up. Let's do it. Uh, this was D3Football.com Around the Nation podcast number 199, released on August 29th, 2018. Thanks for listening and uh, tune in for the rest of our coverage throughout the week. We are week one. We are playing football. If you like this podcast, you can uh, consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are on, say, Spotify and you can't find our podcast, that's because Spotify doesn't like take suggestions for podcasts just from podcasters. So my recommendation and my request to you is to please search for our 
podcast on Spotify. Maybe they'll see it in their metadata and try to figure out what, what this podcast is. Anyway, uh, you can do that and, and rate it and whatever. You can also leave comments on the blog page. That's a thing that's still there, a thing that we can still do. Uh, the executive producer of the Around the Nation podcast is Pat Coleman. Production assistance provided by Dave McHugh. Our theme music is by DJ Mentos. You can find him at djmentos.com. And uh, you, uh, of course, thanks to the creator of Around the Nation on d3football.com and the guy sitting to my left, Keith McMillan. Actually, that's weird. You usually sit to my right. I had no idea that was a thing. I don't think it was a thing either, but I'm, I'm thinking about all of those stag bowls we called. I'm pretty sure uh, I've been on the left and you've been on the right. That's where the play-by-play guy goes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, you can reach us to talk more about Division Three football on Twitter, of course. Please use the D3FB hashtag. Hey, that hashtag is finally NCA Division Three approved. They didn't screw that up. Good job. Uh, I am at D3Football. Keith is at D3Keith. And we have a message board devoted to Division Three sports. That's a thing. It still happens. 20 years worth of Division Three chatter on what is now called D3Boards.com. Yeah, chatter is a nice way to describe it. <laughs> uh, you can, uh, uh, you almost, uh, I almost lost it there. You can join the conversation by registering to post at g3boards.com. You can follow us on Facebook and do all of those things as we get you here. The 2018 Division Three football season podcast number 199 has a really loud mic drop. Is it always like that? Have you never dropped a mic? Uh, I'm not on a glass table, I guess. That was probably not the best way to go about that. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody.